Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. Hey, ladies, welcome back. So today we have with us a very special episode that we want to bring to you. This was something that a guest of mine and have now become really good friends with our conversations because we have one on deck that is airing in a couple of weeks. But in that conversation, it just took a, a sharp laughter, right? However you want to say it. And we just started talking about an episode that we really wanted to bring that's near and dear and, you know, coming up on the holidays and really a time to focus on what matters most and the importance of you know, taking care of ourselves, but losing, not losing sight of what this this holiday is about and the season of why we're together. And so today's episode is titled How to Gift Yourself with a Wonderful Christmas. And so today we have with us Annette Chesney, and we are going to kind of dive in and talk about some of these, the holidays, cheer and the spirit and all that stuff. And so lots of good things are waiting for you. So Hopefully you guys are going to dive in and it's just going to be a little bit different than our typical episode, but I hope that you thoroughly enjoy it. So welcome, Annette. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this one because, you know, as we were talking, I am such a Christmas geek, but I also realize that Christmas, you know, when you've been through some things, Christmas can bring with it some mixed emotions and stuff that's going on. And, you know, we, we don't want to let our spiritual enemy steal the joy of the mm-hmm. season, you know, so. Yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes like, you know, it's the the rev up of the end of the year, tons of excitement, the cheer, the holiday, the joy, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, on the flip side, there's those that don't have that and they don't have the light and they don't have the joy and, and it can bring a time of stress and, and sadness and, you know, from, one end of the spectrum to the next, we get to experience all of what life has to bring forth. And that's the beauty of life. But, you know, when we pull the layers back and we look at, you know, what does this season mean? What does this time of year mean? And really, what is on our hearts? And so we hope that this time of year, whether your heart is, is you know, filled with that holiday spirit or you're just, I hope, to get past the holidays, like wherever you're at, we're hoping that today's episode will help encourage that. Will you know promote some of that love and and healthiness that we hope you carry through the season, but more importantly into the everyday uh, facets of your life throughout the year. And this isn't just just the a seasonal episode, but yet one you could take into practice every day. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, with this conversation, you know, how to gift yourself a, a wonderful Christmas. How do we do that? Right. That's the question. It's like where we sometimes put others ahead of us, you know, the the presents and the family and all the things. But what is the gift that we get to give ourselves? And so I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit about that. What is that gift? You know, some of those things that you wanted to bring bring to light as well. Yeah, so many times when we've been through things, a divorce, a job loss, uh, empty nest, you know, first Christmas when maybe our kids are married or or whatever, or they're not coming home for Christmas or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, things have changed, you know, and we can't just 
put on our happy face and continue on because, they, you know, it's changed and it's probably changed forever. Like we've stepped into a different season of life, a different era. And there can be a lot of sadness that goes with that. That's perfectly normal. But when everyone around you is like full of Christmas cheer and doing everything, it just seems to amplify that we're not feeling this. You know, we get the Santa Blas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's okay to acknowledge that because if we, if we try to just stuff it down and fake it as much as possible, it, it doesn't go away. It just, it just makes us feel worse. And in those moments when we're by ourselves, instead of feeling this wonderful peace and, you know, just this, this connection with God and connection with other people or whatever, we don't. It, it, the Santa Blas can sink in and get a hold of us, like depression and discouragement, disappointment, the exhaustion that we may feel if we're already weary from things, you know, all the things we should be doing and feeling during the season just kind of amplifies that as well. And we can find ourselves even dreading the holidays. Like we just want to get past it. Mm -hmm. And that makes me so sad. But yet I understand because I've gone through seasons like that, that were really, really tough. And I've had to find ways to not lose sight of what the season is all about and lose sight of me and my own heart in the middle of that, you know? So, what about you? Have you ever felt that kind of thing before at the holidays? Yeah, very much so. And, you know, I, I always, this is the time of year where I kind of take inventory of, you know, all the Christmases. And, you know, as a child, you know, growing up, Christmas was that big wonderment. It's like, oh, you rush mm -hmm. downstairs. It's like the only time you get up early for anything, right? Right. <laughs> and you rush downstairs <laughs> and you do all the joy and the glee and the, the oohs and ahs and all the stuff. And then, you know, I, I remember at this point, like in in my life, I started getting my my first job and I was then, I had to work every Christmas. And mm -hmm. it got to the point where I didn't have a Christmas with my family for almost a decade. And yeah. then we, for the first time in, you know, uh, over a decade, the whole family got together and then we experienced a, a major tragedy in, in our family. And then it just put that damper on Christmas and things, you know, to be honest, even in the family dynamic, things just weren't the same but they'll never be the same because you mm -hmm. know when things get you know throw throw things in there that you experience that is now your new normal and so yeah i've been you know we've personally have had the highs and the lows and somehow where we find a little bit of a a lukewarm in between but the for me personally you don't lose sight of what the reason for the season is and mm -hmm. that to me is very much of, of my faith and, you know, celebration of Jesus's birth and, right. you know, coming together as a family to really honor and, you know, celebrate that, but also celebrate the family that is left here together. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I remember one Christmas in particular that was super hard and I had gone through divorce mm -hmm. from a narcissist, you know, and that was such relief on one hand because narcissists like to ruin Christmas. That's just part of what they do. But, but at the same time, things shifted because then I had periods of the season that my daughter was not with me, you know, during that time. And, and it just seemed like the things I had been wrestling with prior to Christmas, you know, is just part of like the recovery and healing coming out of that, you know, just years and years of narcissistic abuse. It was just amplified at Christmas. And, you know, 
And that's for a lot of people that I talk with, that the holidays, it feels worse mm. at Christmas. And, you know, there's something that feels broken or missing. We feel it even more. And sometimes we can make it worse on ourselves. You know, like if, if all we do is if we just sit on the couch and cry and feel sorry for ourselves, then it's just 10 times worse. And that's a balancing act, too, because you do need to grieve some things. You know, these are these are changes, but you don't want to get stuck in that spot and have it stolen the rest of the season stolen from us. You know, um, the things we do to ourselves, like the comparison trap. You know, our Christmas this year feels not like it felt before in the best times. You know, because we whitewash the past of what was mm -hmm. good. And, you know, we just remember the really wonderful things and we tend to diminish what was not so great at that. You know, and truth be told, probably a lot of us, our Christmases are more like the Chevy Chase Christmas vacation <laughs> instead of like some Norman Rockwell, you know, postcard, even though we strive for that. The reality is, you know, our families sometimes put the fun in dysfunctional. So it's okay to embrace that and remember the good things. But when we start comparing our Christmas now and all we see are the holes in something, we're, we're just setting ourselves up to feel less than, to feel inadequate, you know. So that's tough. And then you have the issue of, Sometimes it's not just, you know, the silly dysfunction like Chevy Chase's <laughs> Christmas vacation. Sometimes there's some legit dysfunctional people that we have made it a point to avoid at every other time this year because they're just so destructive. And maybe even a narcissist, you know, somewhere in the family that we've recognized that we're not going to put ourselves in the line of fire of that. But then there's that extended family Christmas celebration where you know that person might be around, you know? So then there's a knot in our stomach anticipating what we're going to face associated with it, you know? So I found it best in those situations to just try to limit exposure mm -hmm. as much as possible and always have like a, a ready excuse if that person tries to corner me or whatever, just have a ready excuse of, oh, you have to excuse me, I need to make a call or excuse me, I'm going to go use the restroom. Oh, there's so-and-so over there. I've been meaning to talk to you. Excuse me, I'm going to go talk to this person over here and just politely exit as much as possible. But yeah. And and sometimes those those polite intentions don't always pan out, but it's mindful to keep that intention instead of going into something with the hurt or the anger or, you mm -hmm. know, feeling feeling that that it's almost like it's happening to you. But you know, and these are the things to kind of be mindful of. And, you know, you made a point there where it's kind of like instead of focusing on the holes and it's like, you know, we can look back at our Christmas memories of of what was. But then also are we present to realize now that we're actually making new traditions and new moments in our life that mm -hmm. that if we keep living in the past of what was, how can we be present to receive the present? which is this gift today of Christmas of like, let's, you know, again, not lose sight of why we're here. And I remember, you know, when, well, when we had, when we had lost my brother, that would change the entire family dynamic of, of mm -hmm. holidays. It's like, oh, there, you know, imagine, yeah. there we were every year until it wasn't. And, and that's where it felt like the joy got sucked right out. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of been pieced together as family can celebrate and come together and bits and pieces. And I, and I think, you know, looking back at that, I was almost sad to say, well, not only am I grieving the loss of my brother, but I'm also grieving the loss of what once, of what once was our fi- family dynamic of the mm-hmm. joyous time of the year. And so with grief comes loss and loss, you know, necessarily isn't a bad thing, but it's just a longing for what was, but also making way for what could be. And in those, you know, seasons to come, we fill those voids with new memories and new experiences and new people and new places and newness. And Mm -hmm. we have to, you know, keep that in mind so that we can really, you know, cherish that because those new things that are coming into our life can't be discounted as not good enough because it's not what was. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a great point. It's funny that you bring that up. Just this morning, I recorded a podcast with my two co-hosts talking about these kinds of issues and just the importance of recognizing, yes, it wasn't what it was. It's okay to be sad about that, but to turn and face what you have here right now and think through the ideas of what was most meaningful to me? Like, what are the five or 10 things, if I were to make a list, that I really want to hold on to? And then look at how you can implement a few of those, maybe in different ways than before. But then also looking at, okay, yeah, things have changed for whatever reasons things have changed. What does this make possible now? What can I do now? Like, let's say this is the first Christmas season we have where we're having to co-parent with an ex and the kids are over there and we're not used to Christmas by ourselves. And, you know, once the kids leave the house, all of a sudden the house is so quiet. And there we are with the Christmas tree. But what can we do for ourselves that we couldn't have done before? Mm. Like, what have we always wanted to try? What have we always wa- Could we take ourselves to a symphony that is, you know, all Christmas music? Could we call a friend and go walk around the mall and look at all the Christmas decorations and just laugh and have a cup of hot cocoa? Or can I take myself ice skating that I haven't done since I was a kid? Or like, what does this make possible that it hasn't even occurred to me to think about doing before, but now I can? Mm. You know, yeah. something positive, something constructive, just like you were saying, something that makes a new memory, a new tradition starting this year, or just things to try that we can say, well, that was nice, but I'm not going to do that again. Or like, this was so awesome. I want to do this again next year. Yeah. So no, we we need to explore a little bit. I like that because, you know, again, you're you're buying back some of that time with the gift that you can give yourself of something new, exciting, and kind of, you know, recreate that feeling that was once lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so sometimes that, that feeling of, okay, it felt it felt great to be loved and you know, receive. Okay. So how can we still replicate that feeling? Maybe we try something new or maybe, you know, we're open to meeting new people and in the new people, we get all this newness too. We realize that we're receiving. And at the end of the day, it's like, sometimes you meet new people and you're like, wow, oh my gosh, that was like the most incredible time that that conversation, it just flowed. It was easy. It was fun. Well, why can't we bring that you know, into the Christmas day or the holiday itself. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be something, oh, well, you know, that doesn't allow a spot or a place on this particular day, only other 364 days of the year. So it's like we could still cultivate that. 
But again, we're in control of how we choose to show up, how we choose to receive, how we choose to give, how we choose to whether be present or not. So everything is a choice. And I think that that is something to definitely be mindful for, uh, mindful of going into the season. However, feel what you feel. I think that is yeah. also very yeah. important to note. So don't blanket it or mask it or numb it or distract it, but genuinely give yourself that space and time to truly feel the lows, truly feel the highs, but try not to bring that in to color the rest of the day or the rest of the week or the rest of the month or the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something to also be mindful of. Right. When those kind of moments hit me, I like to break out my journal. And I'll just go ahead and dump what I'm feeling out on paper just to get it out of me. If I try to stuff it down, it just seems to like fester and grow. Mm -hmm. But if I can dump it out there on paper, I can kind of sort it through. It's sort of like my brain on paper. And, you know, I can separate out things and say, well, that's kind of illogical. Or I'm making an assumption about that. Or, you know, I'm, I'm worrying about something that may not ever happen. You know, so journaling is a is a great help for things like that and to help you not get stuck in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, I, you know, I think I probably mentioned almost on every episode, journaling has been like my crutch on everything. It's the uh-huh. one that thing that saves me. It's a place where I can escape. It's a place where I can heal. It's a place where I can just dump out all the stuff that's that's in me, whether, you know, again, good or bad. So these are not always of bad things, but you get to experience yourself and to go back and relive it. And maybe that's something to get through. You can give yourself, open your journal and spend that quality time and see how you've been showing up throughout the year mm-hmm. and check that really space as well. Yeah. yeah. Taking that time of self-reflection. I know I do this at, at, at the end of the year is, you know, I look through and I'm like, wow, okay, these, and oddly enough, I would open a page in my journal the other day and I, I found this as well. But I take inventory of the end of the year. I, I note my highs. I note my lows. I, I note the goals that I had set out at the beginning of the year, the things I have achieved. And then also in a, another kind of column or whatever is just things that I still want to, to work on or aspire to improve in my life. And so those kind of, they don't become the main things that I focus on, but they're kind of just churning in the background. So I always have something I'm working towards and on. Mm, that's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll tell you something else I like to do too. You know, I know I know you are a person of faith and you love the Lord and everything and, and me too. So if I find myself that, because sometimes to be honest with you, journaling helps, but sometimes it does not lift me out of that. Like I need another like hand up. Oh yeah. Out of that spot. I like to go to the Psalms, you know, in scripture and I will just sit there in the Psalms and just read them out loud. So David wrote most of the Psalms and I kind of think of the Psalms as like his journal. Uh-huh. And it's really cool when you look at it, there's sort of like a theme that flows through the Psalms. Like he'll pour his heart out. He'll pour his heart out and he'll just like, he'll lay it all out. This is what my heart feels. This is what I'm upset about. This is where I felt the injustice was. This was not fair. What I didn't do anything to deserve this. But then he always winds up by the end of each psalm, it's always kind of a but yet God, mm-hmm. you know, and then he remembers how God was faithful in his life and the things that he did. And sometimes just sitting there and reading the psalms out loud, you know, after two or three of those, I could just kind of feel myself like picking back up and going, oh, 
okay, my soul can breathe again right now. Yeah. And that's, again, beautiful. It's, I remember, you know, reading through Psalms and, and I love that you bring that point where, I, you know, he, David's just crying out his woe is in it's like just laying it all down. Mm-hmm. And then he flips it and he still continues to praise. He still mm-hmm. continues to worship and he still continues to give glory, even though he doesn't feel it because he knows that in that moment, what he feels is so temporary mm-hmm. and that is just passing. Right. But the goodness of God is always there. And that's the but yet. Yes. Yes, for sure. I love that. And so, you know, when we talk about like, you know, peace, our inner peace at this time and, and peace is there for our protection is there for our, you know, I mean, for everything really protection for our, our love and our surrounding. It's there for the quietness and, and the chaos of our world. You know, it's kind of that inner peace that you find in that solitude and that reflection but also in in the grievance, but also the gratitude. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about like peace, peace within or peace in me, what does that mean to you? I mean, I'm curious to know kind of your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, it's kind of where I know I'm standing in peace when everything else is swirling around me, but yet I can still breathe without the anxiety welling up, you know, my thoughts are present. I can recognize God's hand in something, even when things are going wrong. And for me, with peace is sort of a, a reassurance that he's got me, that all will be well. Hmm. You know, and that speaks to a deeper level of faith and that I trust him, that he's got my back. And even if it doesn't go like I'd hoped it would, I know that he's faithful to his word where he says he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, you know. And the peace is always there. It's always available. When I don't have peace, it's usually my own doing. Mm -hmm. I've allowed something to steal my peace. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, where we're shifting our our focus and, you know, our our energy at that time as well, because if we're focusing on what's missing or the lack of or, you know, the change, then that's exactly where our attention's gone. It's where the energy's gone. That's where our mind's going. And so it's really hard sometimes to pull ourselves out of that to like shift that. And so, you know, bringing, bringing it back to Psalms, it's like you can still do, you can still cry out, but you can have moments of joy and laughter in the same, in the same experience. Yeah. Even through tears. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because you know, I think for just from my own personal experiences, like I, I'm easily moved. I'm very emotionally like sensitive on that. So I can move in moments of like waves of sadness to like the wave comes back again. It's like, oh my gosh, these tears of just joy and happiness. And like, how can I feel so much in just one breath? It feels like, but that's the goodness of what this, what what you get to experience. And I think that many of us, we try to either not feel or numb out of the pain and only want to focus on that good stuff, which does not last forever. And so you have to experience right. those highs. You really have to go to the lows to experience that at the highest and be like, that is where the goodness is. Absolutely. Uh, you know, great point. We can't, you know, our emotions are a package deal. Mm-hmm. If we try to shelve certain ones, you know, negative emotions, I'm just not going to feel that. 
what winds up happening is we're not feeling the good stuff either. You know, it's both. It's a both and situation. You don't appreciate the good emotions and the peace and the joy unless you've experienced the other side of that as well. So then when you come back and you stand in peace, now you know what you're reaching for. You know, you want to spend as much time as possible on the, the peace and faith and hope and trust side and then let the other valley experiences as much as possible be the outliers instead of the norm, you know. But, you know, I was thinking, too, not everyone is going through tough stuff. You might be in a season of life right now where it's great mm-hmm. for the most part. It's great. And you've got Christmas joy and it's fun and you're feeling really Christmassy. But then, then the other ditch we can fall into with that is that we put such pressure on ourselves to make the Norman Rockwell postcard Christmas and to make it all perfect and everything just so. And, you know, and sometimes the best thing we can do is simplify mm-hmm. and just let things go. You know, is there something out of our schedule, Christmas related or not? Can we delete it for now? Can we delegate it? Can we defer it for another time? To allow us to not be in such a rush that we can be present, that we can have those serendipity moments where you're just standing there and snowdrops, snowdrops, snowflakes, <laughs> snowflakes start to fall and you just stop and notice it and you can just appreciate it for the moment. Now, I haven't been around in snow for a very, very long time. You know, I moved, I grew up in Michigan, but I moved to Florida when I was 20, going on 21. And I'm much older than that now, many moons older, but I do remember the snow. And I remember the fun things as a kid, the sledding, the ice skating. You know, my dad used to, when I was a kid, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but he used to go out in the backyard and he would shovel the backyard out and he'd bank the snow around and he would make a skating, like a skating rink out of the, the yard. And he would drag the hose out and he had one of those oscillating sprinklers. And he would just lay down layer after layer of ice. And then we'd always get like new skates for Christmas. And I'd come home from school every day and go out there and skate and skate and skate. And then he would rig up spotlights outside, like in the trees, so that we could skate after dark and everything too. And that is a precious memory to me. Now my dad's, you know, getting older and some things have changed with him. But as a kid, I didn't appreciate how much freaking work that was for him. Dragging that, because you couldn't leave the hose outside. You had to take it back inside or, you know, the water would freeze in it. And he would just do that every day and take it out there and renew the ice. And uh, we've talked about that, you know, since as I was an adult. But you know, those are the kind of things that you can remember certain things that were good and be present. Where I'm at in Florida now, we've got this one mall that is outside and they have these big trees and they do this thing called Symphony and Light where the trees are like all hooked up and timed to music and they do these like flashing patterns of light. And so they have, it's about a 10 or 15 minute repertoire that they'll go through. And it's a big deal because the mall has this sort of like big, I guess you'd say like a like a town square kind of setup. And so there'll be hundreds of people. They should they do it at the top of every hour, like from Thanksgiving through New Year. And it's become this tradition. And I've gone there at times by myself 
just because I like to watch the little kids, the look on their faces as the trees, the lights are going. And because we don't get snow here, when it comes to this one part where it's like softer, they do like a canon in D with children's voices singing. They have these, it's supposed to be like a snowflake machine. It's really sort of a, I think it's some type of soap or whatever, really. But it blows out and then it floats down like like snowflakes just at the right moment in the song. And I stand there and I just, I remember it. I just feel overwhelmed with emotion, but it's positive emotion. Like I'm in tears, but it's because it's almost like I can feel the Lord standing next to me while that's going on and just enjoying his presence, enjoying the moment, enjoying watching the kids who have never seen snow. They were born in Florida, you know, and they're just ooing and aahing over it. And it just like, I just look at that and go, yeah, this is Christmas right here in this moment. This is Christmas. And I just sort of make a mental snapshot of that right in that moment. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You, some of what you shared has brought back memories, even of my own, especially the ice skating, right? We did that too. I, you know, oh. I, well, I was such, I was such a young kid at the time. I was probably like five or so, four or five. And I remember the, the neighbor kids. So I'm like the only girl, the only girl, even in my family, all the neighbor boys, they'd play with my brothers. And, and so I was just that little girl that would look out the window and watch my brothers and the neighbor kids play on the skating rink that my dad and the other neighbor dad made for the the neighborhood kids mm-hmm. and that was so cool even though i didn't get the skate but i just remember now looking out the window and watching it and watching my dad build this with them mm-hmm. or you know growing up in buffalo i mean we get feet of snow and then we have the 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 drifts that build up to like six mm-hmm. seven ten feet and my dad would build like underground forts and <laughs> build out like igloos because it w- instead of the mounds of the way the drifts of the snow, he would just shovel in through the mountain of snow instead of trying to clear the path and build it. So it became almost like an igloo. And we got to have this underground snow fort. And it was uh, one of the coolest oh, memories fun. of when I was around that age. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. But, you know, if we keep ourselves so busy trying to do all the things, trying to make the perfect Christmas and all the things we feel obligated to do, there's no margin there to enjoy those serendipity type of moments. And those are the things, I mean, look what we just shared. Those are the things that make the memories. Mm-hmm. Nobody remembers like the cool Christmas gift that you bought that was like the great big thing or whatever. They remember those moments. They remember the flower fights when you're making cookies yeah. together, you know, and and just the the awful inedible cookies you know that you that you make with your kids (laughs) those are the things that mean something Mm -hmm. yeah and those are the things that you know as you go as you get older too and you try to replicate with you know your own children or the new traditions and new you try to bring pieces of of what brought you joy and those fond memories into a whole new era and a whole new generation that you help to inspire your kids to upbring and, and carry on those traditions as well. Uh-huh. And that I thought was unique and different. And, you know, obviously I don't have children, but being an auntie has allowed me to to live through my niece and my nephew. And it's beautiful just to see the wonderment of the children and and the the oohs and ahs and the glees because that brings me right back to my fond childhood memories. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, as we go through life and adults and we take on a lot of responsibilities and pressure, but sometimes we forget again to be that childlike mind. And that's, you know, right. going even going back to to faith in that sense, you know, come to to your to your creator it was, as a child, that naiveness and and innocence and and the wonderment and the curiosity and isn't that what Christmas is kind of about? You know, like we still, yeah. we, as adults, we have to go back and be like, that's what I remember as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so how cool is that? So yeah, I mean, Christmas or just, you know, holidays in general, you know, love them or hate them. There's so much to just appreciate about them. Right. And, and, you know, it's not like we tried to avoid the holidays, but maybe this is the year we start to lean into them. And start making something different because that is that gift that we get to give back is that we at least now are changing the story. And that's the Christmas story, right? The story changes hands how many times over the years of traditions and cultures and, and, you know, all the stuff. And it's never too late to start a new story, to begin again, a new, new perspective, a new life, you know, loss and gains and highs and lows. It's all the same. And that's why, you know, having a, you know, obviously that this podcast is, is a mix of so many different perspectives and in different experiences and hoping to, that you hear our hearts as well. I mean, this is something that's near and dear to us, our, our faith and our relationship with our creator, but, you know, to each their own. And we empowered you to really lean into that and find what is, is your reason for this season. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. our gift to ourselves. Exactly. We do that. You know, and we could, if we, if we're deliberate about handling our hearts appropriately, and if we're deliberate about maybe building margin into the days mm-hmm. of the holiday season, so we can just be still, so we can reflect, so we can appreciate the memories or, you know, give ourselves the space to try something new, or maybe it's just like a little extra measure of self-care, mm-hmm. you know, where we're looking out. For us, for a change, maybe maybe we just like treat ourselves and go get a massage, or you know, go try that restaurant that we've been wanting to, and we just go, we go to the bookstore first. We find a book. I, I love bookstores, you know, and so we find some book, and then we go someplace to this our favorite restaurant or a new restaurant we are wanting to try, or maybe this really cool cafe coffee shop with just the right vibe to it that you can just sit there and just. Give yourself the gift of not having to look at the clock and just sit there and with your journal, with your new book or whatever, browse through a magazine, whatever it is, you can just sit there and sip a cup of tea or some hot cocoa and just be mm-hmm. for the moment. Just drink in the moment. And it's like I did for myself. I am, I am so busy all the time with my business and what I've got going on. And my daughter and I share a car. And a lot of times, like I'm just, I'm just here at my desk all the time. I'm always on the computer. I'm, I'm making calls and and talking with people and stuff. So she's got the car when she's out and about doing her thing. And and well, this past week, she was actually sick with a stomach bug, and so she asked me. She had an order that needed to be picked up, and so she asked me to go pick it up. And at first, I was like grumbling. Oh my gosh, I've already planned out my day. You know, being this like type, you know, recovering type A person. And, you know, my plan, my flow was interrupted in that moment. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll go pick up your thing for you. 
But once I got away from my desk and I was in the car, I picked her thing up and it was like all of a sudden, it was almost like God tapped me on the shoulder and went, take a breath. And I went, it's the middle of the day. I've got like three hours before my next meeting. Yeah, I have a bunch of stuff to do. But even if I worked every minute of that, I'm still not going to get through my whole list. And I just went, you know what? I'm going to Hobby Lobby. I've been wanting to do that for a while. And I just disappeared. I spent like an hour, like a kid at Hobby Lobby, walking up and down the aisles of all the Christmas decorations. And I was in such this great mood. I'm chit-chatting with other women in the aisles and they've got their kids in the shopping cart. And we were talking about, you know, fun kid things at Christmas. And by the time I walked out of that store, I felt like I just had a weekend vacation. Like I was just refreshed and had this whole new sense, a whole new perspective of everything. And I just like came back all smiles. And where I had left feeling irritated and weary and a little stressed at everything I had to do, just that little break and that change of perspective and just screwing my head back on straight, I came back just like a new person, just in that little bit, you know? So sometimes it might just be our self-care as a little serendipity moment where we just go, you know what, I'm just going to carve out this pocket right here and it's for me and nobody else. And that was just so much fun. Have you ever done stuff like that? I have. And I'm over here just like smiling at this because it's something that I've been trying to do more of for myself as well. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. to, to your point, it's like every minute that's not spent working is minute wasted that could get things done on the mm -hmm. list, right? So, but we know the list never ends because it's kind of right. like the, the the pool just keeps filling up and filling up. You're like, do I even make a dent in it? No, you don't. <laughs> it will always, always be filled up with something. So I've been taking intentional time to just be, and you know that could be in anything, and not just related to like this time of year with Christmas and holidays, but leaning in more of like what is it that you wanted to do and not feel like obligated or or guilty about it but just saying to myself sometimes you gotta give yourself that pep talk it's like it's just 20 minutes give yourself mm -hmm. 20 minutes yeah and pep yourself up enough to get to that space and then once you're in that space you're like oh my gosh this was incredible I loved it and I tie a lot of the stuff back to you know health and fitness and things like that but it's sometimes it's not about you know going to the gym and doing the thing it's about getting your mind ready to get prepared mm -hmm. to go to the gym. Because mm -hmm. once you're at the right. gym, you're going to have a good time because you're there. But it's the mindset to get, to let go of the tasks that you are doing or go into another room, put your shoes on, change your clothes, grab, grab your water bottle. Like all the additional steps feels like it's, it's mental bandwidth that's just dragging on. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't even want to think about that. I just want to execute the things on my list. So you know, you can look at it from that perspective as well. But sometimes it's, the hardest part is just getting to the thing that you want. And then when you're there, you realize, why don't I do this more often? This is so much mm -hmm. fun. I feel so refreshed, rejuvenated, just as you said. And then you're like, I want to do it again tomorrow. And you start <laughs> repeating those uh -huh. things. And that becomes your, what, what's like the the resistance and reward. Something like right. that, where it's like, what you're right. resisting, you you will be rewarded with later. and that's so true because you re you resisted it and you're like, no, I had an incredible time. Right. You know, trying right. those new things, giving yourself that gift to at least try something that might be met with resistance or a little bit like, you know, 
out of your norm or something you like this was so not me but I want to try if I like it and then mm-hmm. you give it a go and then you decide if you do or don't yeah for sure and you know especially if we are struggling a bit you know here at the holidays if we're down and we're we're trying to stand up we're trying to do the right things one of my favorite authors I don't know if you know him John Eldridge do you know who John Eldridge is no it doesn't ring a bell but I'm sure probably oh have heard yeah. Love, love his writing. He writes in a very conversational way, but okay. um, it's easy to read, but it's so deep and meaningful. Um, he wrote the book Wild at Heart, which is for men. And then he also wrote uh, with his wife, like the the women's side of that equation, which is called Captivating. And he wrote another book called Waking the Dead. And and that's just like your heart being fully alive. In that, and he's he's a Christian author. He's also he's a licensed therapist, and but he just writes in this style that is just so relatable. He makes this really good point in in Waking the Dead that when our heart is hurting, sometimes the only thing that ministers to us, that comforts us, is beauty, and that's why we're so drawn to it. Like, why do people bring flowers to funerals? Because there are no words you can say to change the grief, but sometimes just something beautiful just speaks to the soul. Mm-hmm. You know, so if if we're struggling a bit at Christmas for whatever reason, or you just had those little pockets where you're just still, you're not busy for the moment and your heart sort of sinks down, then what we can do is put ourselves in positions to be able to experience what speaks beauty to our soul. Like for example, if I'm out running errands or whatever, sometimes I will just like run to one of those Christmas tree lots, either one that's set up on a corner someplace or like in the parking lot of Home Depot or Lowe's. And I have an artificial tree. And usually at that point, my tree's already up. I don't need a tree, but I just walk through it and I watch people picking out their tree. And I just smell that like wonderful, heavenly, evergreen scent or whatever. So, you know, it's different for everybody. I also love to, at night, when the tree is up, everything's still. And I'll just put like a YouTube ambiance Christmas music or like with a crackling fireplace kind of thing. Have all the lights out. Just turn the Christmas lights on and just have a cup of hot tea. And I'll just sit there and stare at the tree. And I'll think how beautiful that is in this moment. And I'm just still. And many times it brings me to the point of tears. And sometimes it's tears of sadness where I'm able to finally just lay it out there and God and I talk and he gives me a a hug. You know, like I can kind of, I can kind of feel it like he's there with me. And sometimes it's just tears of gratitude. I just get this overwhelming feeling of gratitude. You know, so whatever that is for your soul, you know, for, for all that you have joined us for this conversation. What speaks beauty to your soul? And be deliberate about that. Be deliberate about bringing that into the season. Yeah, that's beautiful. I do something similar too. It's just that that time of year in the stillness. Mm-hmm. And it's just something about the lights, the ambiance, the stillness of the home. And sometimes if you look out your window, if you got snow or not, sometimes that, that's great while well, you're all cozy, comfy on the inside. But taking in your entire surroundings and listening to the sound of your breath in that stillness, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it unless you experience it, but it's like everything and nothing exists. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Uh-huh. It's restorative. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. And, you know, as we talk about like gifts that you give yourself, you know, we we mentioned, you know, access self-care, you know, taking care of yourself, being mindful of that and ways that you can really lean into more of what brings you that joy and happiness and creating more of that as well. And then, you know, being making that conscious choice to be present and being in proximity of something beautiful. So whether it's a Christmas tree or your children or just the environment or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. And then, you know, practicing the the act of being present and still, because that is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is when you really tune inward, because in that stillness, you're not thinking or doing, you're just being. Mm-hmm. And there's so much power in that gift, mm-hmm. you know, and you do that and you treat yourself, you treat yourself to an experience that in those micro moments, that's the place we can always return when things don't feel like they're going in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, when we look at our our love or loved ones, obviously we want to hug them and embrace them. But then there's the people who are like, oh, we don't hope we don't see, you know, so-and-so at the holiday party. But, you know, protecting yourself. And if that's a way for you to to practice, uh, you know, delete, delegate, defer, which Annette had mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And just finding ways, again, to protect yourself, but don't don't necessarily protect and close off your heart that you miss out on the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, along those lines of the delete, delegate, defer thing. I mean, nowadays, my youngest daughter lives with me. She's 22. And we both adore Christmas. And we host, you know, for for Christmas. And, and so we go all out, like, we dig through for cool recipes and stuff that we wouldn't do at the rest of the year because we're both so busy. But when my girls were much younger and I spent like a very long time as a single mom, I decided to, in that spirit of like recouping some energy so I could just enjoy the moment instead of like trying to do all the things because the girls wouldn't remember. So I just you know, instead of trying to like, oh, we're going to be so healthy and we're going to do this and this and this. I just said, you know what? Christmas morning, we're having muffins. I would make like lemon poppy seed and blueberry muffins. And we might do like one other thing and cookies for breakfast. And, And that was just so much fun. And it was so easy on me. And it let me just get up and breathe and enjoy the moment. And we'd sit there in our Christmas PJs and unwrap some gifts together or whatever and we'd sit and eat muffins and it was just the most laid back Christmas morning that I wasn't scrambling I wasn't you know doing all the craziness of of trying to do the fancy stuff we do the fancy stuff now but we even talked about okay let's think about what this will require of us this is a super cool recipe and oh this is like Pinterest perfect <laughs> but do we want to put ourselves through that really you know so you know we do it to ourselves with all that so there might be ways to even if you're hosting on christmas yeah you know what assign some of this stuff if Mm -hmm. you're going to do a brunch or something like that assign it out you know don't kill yourself trying to do this you just Mm -hmm. back to like the the mary martha thing you know of you know the story in scripture mary and martha yeah yeah and The, the perfume 
Yeah, if, if we're going to be like a Martha, that we're just so busy in the kitchen and doing all the preparations that we miss sitting at the feet of Jesus, you know, and, and just being present with him. So there's a balance there. You know, yeah. if it brings you joy to do all the like crazy cool things and you make you make this beautiful tree made out of fruit or whatever with a star on the top, have at it if that brings you joy. But if you feel like you're dreading it and you start to feel the pressure of it, then let that be like a, a red flag waving to you to just say, like, back off. Is this really necessary? What's the balance in this so that I can enjoy this moment as much as everyone else does? Right. And also just to kind of note on there, I know that sometimes it's hard to see this as, as if we're in, you know, a, a place that's filled with sadness or despair mm-hmm. or things like that. But one of the things that helps pick me up when I'm in that place is, you know what, what if I could bring the joy to somebody else that 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 time of year and and looking at it it's like yeah maybe it's not joyous for me you know i experience x y and z but yet if i sit home or or stay away i'm missing out on the joy that i bring to others Mm -hmm. and that shifts me immediately like i could be super sad and down you know about the loss of my brother for example and just not be present at christmas because it's not the same right but then i'm Mm -hmm. like you know what look at all the joy of just being family together that it lights my mother, the the look on my mother's face when her kids come home. And uh-huh. it's like, yeah, I know that there's one that's missing, but we bring so much joy in the sadness and the heartache too. Right. And I just use that as an example, but you know, there's many different ways of doing that and and you know, looking at it that it's not just about you and your experiences. Because your personal experiences are shaping the experiences of others and those become their Christmas memories. Mm, Great point. So important. Yeah. And and on those same lines, if we're hosting, for example, and we're spending all our time in the kitchen and we're not present to engage in conversation and laugh together, you know, I think if we really asked the other people, they would rather that we simplify so that we can be there with them. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Wow. Yeah, this is a this, you know, great conversation just kind of bring in multiple perspectives, you know, d- different experiences and we try to encompass, you know, all kinds of facets or examples or experiences that that one could relate to. So I hope that this episode resonates or at least brings some comfort and some peace and mm-hmm. and knowing that, you know what, we even Annette and I personally have have experienced devastating holidays but we've also experienced the highest of highs mm-hmm. and you know it's all part of life and the experiences that you bring with you translate into those memories and hopefully those memories carry forward you into a positive experience as well mm-hmm. so if this episode resonates we'd love to hear from you guys just you know let us know how this christmas is for you and what what are you doing what are you doing for yourself and you know we love connecting and so hopefully again this conversation has been something that at least feels inspiring, hopeful, mm-hmm. encouraging. And if so, let us know. Annette, how can people, you know, come into more of your space and to the holiday spirit? And I think that you had a few things that you wanted to share as well as we yeah. begin to wrap up today's episode. Right. I created something that it's that is a little out of like, I do a lot of work with, with people with healing with narcissistic abuse and other difficult things that you walk through, like just, just, you know, healing the heart and rebuilding life. 
But I like to bring in along the lines of what we're talking about because I love Christmas so much. So I've got this thing I created called The Wonder of Christmas. And in this whole theme of gifts at Christmas, just looking at it from another standpoint of the gifts that God has waiting for us, that we don't, sometimes we don't even bother to unwrap and to enjoy the gift. And so, like, for example, the gift of delightful wonder. You know, like I described, you know, being at the, the big outdoor tree thing with the lights going on and watching little kids and they had like the, the pretend snowflakes coming down. That's one of those moments of wonder. The things that are just so beautiful that speak to your soul. We, we tend to lose sight of the wonder. Sometimes we see other kids and we see when we see little kids. We can catch it. We can get a glimpse of what we used to feel for times like that. But, but God has gifts of delightful wonder for us. He has a gift of bestowed value and that he gives us his perspective of how he sees us. And he gives us a gift of do-overs. He gives us a gift of reassurance, you know, that things are going to be okay. And so many other things. So what I did is I created like 25 days of these beautiful images with a corresponding scripture on the image, you know, all, all very Christmassy and everything. And then I wrote a reflection that goes along with it that just sort of gets us to stop and, and challenge our assumptions a little bit and just ponder some things. And then along with that is a prayer, you know, just a simple prayer to go with it. And the wonder of Christmas, you can get it if you go to AnnetteChesney.com forward slash confident woman dash. And this is, this is all complimentary. You know, it's just, it's, it's my gift to you. And uh, that kicks off December 1st. And uh, you'll get like one of those each day in your inbox. So, and what I hope it does for you is just in, in the rush of everything going on, if it gives you even three minutes that you can just stop and pause and just sort of recenter yourself a little bit, you know, then, then I've done my job <laughs> if, it, if it helps you with that. So, you know, I, I hope that it helps you to embrace his gifts to you this season that maybe we didn't even realize we aren't bothering to unwrap. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for generously gifting this to our, to our listeners, but more importantly, just creating this because it's such a beautiful gift that you can give to others as well. And, you know, allowing them to see the gift that of the goodness of God, but also the gifts that you get to give yourself. So Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, again, you can find that at AnnetteChesney.com forward slash confident woman dash Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so that will be included in the show notes and as well as finding, yeah, obviously connecting with Annette through her website, AnnetteChesney.com. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, hopefully this conversation has been something you get to gift yourself and listening to this and downloading the free gift and putting into practice. So I just want to thank you, Annette, for spending this time with us and sharing your heart and your experiences with our listeners as well. So hopefully, thank you so much. Yes. And hopefully you have a beautiful Christmas and you make a new memory this year. And you get to experience and bring this into something, into the people you get to share this with. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Yes. Thank you. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 